time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Still ahead on this Friday edition of the program for Nelson Holmes, the Senior Hockey Report with Barney Shinkruck will air that in Hour 3. But right now, we go out to the Western Pizza Hotline to the great state of Maryland where we are joined by Ron Snyder who is an award-winning journalist who lives in Baltimore, Maryland and has fond memories of that city's CFL time and many of you will remember the very first Grey Cup played at Taylor Field was going to be a huge party and it still was until the Americans came in and completely crashed it on us but very very fond memories for me, I know that was my first ever Grey Cup, and I remember I, I told the story earlier this week when uh, Ermius Gabriel and I would go to all the games in 94, 95 and talk about how exciting it was to have so many teams, and it, I, I think he made the comment, that must have been really boring and dull when we only had eight or nine teams, and that's where we were back to uh, two years later. Ron, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. What made you want to write this book? The Baltimore Stallions, the brief, brilliant history of the CFL franchise. Well, it's something that it was really 10 years in the making for me. I grew up here in Baltimore, and you know, for those out your way that may not know, you know we went, uh, we had lost our initial NFL team, the Colts, back in 84, and I was like six or seven around that time, and went basically my whole childhood without NFL football. And, uh, you know, we lost out on expansion here when. Uh, the Jaguars and the Panthers got their teams and then uh, this uh, businessman by the name of Jim Spiros came to town and said we're going to bring football back to Baltimore and it's going to be of the Canadian variety and we're like wait a minute what <laughs> we were a little surprised at first but this is again during the, the big expansion era uh, experiment of, of, the, of the mid 90s and these guys came in and were just so impressive, so amazing. I mean, all they did was win. It was fun football. It was exciting football. Um, and, and uh, you know, some of the greats of all time you know, came out of those two teams in, in, in Baltimore, uh, you know, going to the Grey Cup both years, um, you know, losing in, in 94 in the last second field goal and, and winning it all in 95. And then they were gone. I mean, it was, you know, the, the, the Ravens came back, the the, the U.S. expansion was kind of uh, deemed a, not a success outside of Baltimore, and you know they they, they kind of went away. And I just felt like they, they had a story to tell, and, and I was just glad I was able to tell it. Was there any point during that time when you were a fan that you thought, or you sensed the people of Baltimore thought this Canadian game in some ways is better than the American version? We you know, we were so jaded at the time with the NFL. I mean, because again, they, you know, the, the, the Colts left, we were thieves so many different times uh, with, with uh, different teams moving in. And, and it came in and we had 40,000 fans out in many games that first season. Um, and it was, it was, a, you know, it, of course it was just getting used to the rules, but I think, you know, unlike a lot of those other U S teams in Vegas and Birmingham and just uh, Shreveport, I mean, this was a team that was built for the CFL, so you know it really helped the fact that that this was a team that knew how to play the CFL brand of football, and, and it was exciting. They were putting up points. Um, they were, um, you know, playing tough defense. It was a blue collar team for a blue collar town, 
And it was just, it was fun to watch. And I think, you know, especially for us, you know, you got to remember 94, especially, you know, the, the, the baseball strike was going on. So it was right. really the only game in town. So, you know, we, we were we were all into it. And, you know, they initially called them the Colts, which, which you know, until the uh, NFL sued. And the next thing you know, you know, they played that first season as the Baltimore CFLers. They didn't even have a, a team name. You know, there was a team with no name. And I think we just all kind of just connected with one another and, you know, it, it, even to this day, 30 years later, it's today still is a team that holds a special place in my heart. Do you think that that um, two-year stretch pressured the National Football League at all to going back into that city? You know, I mean, th- there is a narrative that that was the case. I think it was part of it. You know, obviously they saw that, hey, look, Baltimore puts 40,000 fans in there for CFL. Football, you know, we're going to bring in the NFL um, back. I mean, and... You know, again, it wasn't a guarantee that was going to work. And they've tried different versions of non-NFL football in the United States for 30 years, and none of them have really took hold. I mean, you got the the new merger of the UFL and the NFL now, uh, or the USFL now, which you know, again, we'll see if it works or not. Um, but you know, I, I think you know we had a stadium deal in place uh, that 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 was going to attract somebody, but I think it needed, I think the CFL, um, you know, success, it definitely was, was kind of, uh, helped push it over the edge, you know, and say, and let the NFL know that maybe we made a mistake here. Ron, do you still catch up with the CFL game? It's uh, changed slightly, uh, since of course that, uh, Baltimore run in 94, 95, but, uh, do you still uh, catch up with it uh, every now and again? I, I, you know, I watch it. Um, you know, I watch it a lot. Um, you know, when we can get it down here, I can follow it on on somewhat online. Um, you know, I'm at that age now where, to be honest with you, sports in general involves a lot of times with me going to watch my my kids play field hockey or swimming and stuff like that. So I know the I feeling. I haven't watched as much as you know I, I might normally have. I do keep up with it. And, uh, you know, I do root for its success. Um, again, you know, I, I think I watched it more even after, you know, kept up with it while there were still some of our players still in the league. You know, I watched those Montreal teams uh, that kind of merged into the, what the Stallions were. You know, against some of those great players that any you know, CFL fan will know, Mike Pringle, greatest running back in CFL history. Uh, Jim Pop, one of the great GMs of, of CFL history. Tracy Ham, one of the great quarterbacks of all time. And, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, it was Don Matthews, uh, one of the great coaches in CFL history. So, I mean, it was really a team that, you know, yes, they were all American, but those guys had, you know, were, you know, built the name for themselves for the most part in the CFL, both before Baltimore and after Baltimore. I mean, you look at some of the, the players that, that came up through there, you know, that ended up going on to the NFL, guys like Sharp Hordanish, uh, Josh Miller went to the NFL, the punter. Um, you know, and again, we had some other players that had great success in the, in the CFL players like Irv Smith and, um, you know, Robert Drummond, among others. O.J. Brigance. O.J. Brigance, yes, absolutely. O.J. Brigance uh, was one of the great linebackers in CFL history. He's the only player in, in football history to win a Grey Cup and a Super Bowl ring for the, uh, in the same city. Our guest on the Western Pizza Hotline is author Ron Snyder. 
And uh, another question that I wanted to ask you about, or I was going to point out before I get to it, is um, your Stallions not only crashed the party in Saskatchewan because it was our first ever Grey Cup in the now what is over 100-year history of the franchise, but people might remember that Don Matthews left Saskatchewan to go to Baltimore and completely right. raided the staff and took just about everybody on staff. So it was kind of like a double whammy for us uh, here in Regina. Is there any part of you that ever wonders if a project like that would be worth underwriting for the Canadian Football League again? Maybe not to Baltimore, but um, St. Louis almost got an NFL franchise when they um, before the Rams when they tried to lure the New England Patriots, and the prospective right. owner was going to call them the St. Louis Stallions. Um, you know, so there's a city that's wide open. Uh, have you ever yeah. wondered about that? I, I've wondered, and, and you know, we've seen like again, we've, they've tried alternate NFL football leagues in, in, in the United States. You know, they, the XFLs had several, you know, versions. The USFL has had several versions. Um, again, now that the UFL, I would have always, I've always loved to see what would happen if, if the, the, the now UFL and the CFL could ever come to an agreement and kind of have some sort of. Uh, working agreement, you know. I think I think there's, you know, there is a formula. I mean, I think Baltimore, you know, Baltimore figured out how to do it, uh, you know, with Stallions. And, and if you look at the XFL, UFL. I mean, St. Louis has had success with their team there. Um, you know, and there have been a couple other cities. It, it's finding the right cities, the right agreement, the right economics. I mean, you know, I, I, I think, and I think, I, you know, I, I'm not a gambler, but I think. With gambling expanding the way it has, like anytime you can have more football and more things to bet on, I think people will watch it. So, you know, maybe that's something that'll, that'll help it as well. But I would love to see a UFL, CFL uh, agreement of some kind because I think it just makes for, you know, it can make for some exciting things, exciting times. All guests appearing on the Sports Cage uh, appear on the Western Pizza Hotline. Perfect pizza with a generous amount of toppings, plus Greek food like souvlaki, ribs, salads, all the goodness you can't make at home. Call Western Pizza today. So there's a constituents of fans up here who love the idea of a partnership with the old XFL, the USFL, now the United Football League, as you mentioned. And there's a con constituents of fans up here who has no interest in that and wants no part of it. And then there's a few people who are right in the middle, like me, who I don't want any partnership with these leagues either. I don't want anything to do with those rules or whatever they come up with. Right. I want American expansion in the Canadian Football League. I, I, I have this mm -hmm. grand vision of getting to, uh, we're at nine teams right now, getting to 10 or 12 teams in Canada, tweaking the ratio, coming up with ideas to... Uh, maybe allow the Canadian teams to pay American players a northern living allowance so that the American teams don't have an unfair advantage to drawing players and working through all the barriers because there were a ton of issues that came up the last right. time that it did. Yeah, th there were. I mean, you know, I think some people will point to the, you know, the ratio was a big reason why the, you know, the Stallions were playing under a different set of rules uh, than the Canadian teams. And, yeah, and, and I, I guess I, went, I didn't realize just how much of a, you know, uh, ownership CFL teams, ha CFL had, and, and had an issue with Baltimore until, you know, I started researching the book. I was like, whoa, they were really mad at us, a lot of people. And, 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 and I, and I kind of felt like, you know, we, you know we, we embraced it. I think we were so upset that, you know, we were kind of 
you know, persona non grata in the NFL, and we were like, we embraced the CFL, and, and, and we really enjoyed the game while we had it. Um, and like I said, I, it was exciting for us. I would love to see, yes, I mean, whether it be the UFL or the uh, uh, CFL expanding into the U.S., um, yeah, I, I would like to see that. I mean, it, it, look, I mean, there are Canadian teams in the NBA, there are, you know, American and Canadian teams, obviously, in the NHL, and Obviously, the, the Blue Jays have had success in, in baseball. And, you know, I, I, I think it could work the other way around. It's just finding the right cities and, and the right, you know, agreement for, for, for the teams. Do you think that, Lois, I should ask you this question. Do you talk to Jim Spiros often? I haven't talked to him in a couple of years. I mean, I, I did interview him for the book. And then, um, you know, the book came out a couple of years ago. Um, it came out right at the start of the pandemic. I did a lot of interviews back then because there was no sports going on. So it kind of came out at a good time, but also came out at a, at a bad time. I was able to do a, a, a live stream, uh, you know, not long after the book came out where I was able to bring all the players together, including uh, Mr. Spiros. And he came on and, and uh, was uh, you know, still excited about the about the team and you know we had a lot of chance to reminisce about those times and they they had a, a reunion uh, about five or six years about five or six years ago now maybe a couple of years more actually actually it's been about no it's been about almost 10 years it's been nine years now they had a reunion here in baltimore for the 20th uh, reunion of the uh of the cfl of the great cup championship um they had them in town and brought them all together kind of a way to celebrate um but I, I know he he still considers that one of his proudest uh, accomplishments in his professional life. I, th- I think his words, I, I saw footage, Dave Naylor from TSN went down, did a great story from that reunion. And I think yeah, well, Spiros, town, right. yeah, and Spiros got up in front of the crowd and just said, everybody, I've accomplished so much, like, because he's been a pretty successful businessman. You know, he played right. a little pro football. He, he coached on a Super Bowl winning team. And he said, this was the greatest thing I've ever done. And I think he broke down in tears and everybody cheered. And mm-hmm. that was a pretty cool scene. The reason why I asked if you talked with him much, um, did, did you ever get a sense that he would have rejected the idea of, hey, we want you in the CFL. We think you can be successful. We'll all be successful. But it has to be the Canadian Football League forever. And that's the brand of the different rules in order to be relevant from the American brand of football. Do you think he ever would have been accepting of that? Uh, I'm sorry, like if he would have been accepting of the brand, the of, brand, the name could never change. It has to be Canadian Football oh, League forever, and the rules have to be what I, they are. I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I, I'm not sure because I mean I don't know. If it was, unfortunately, you know, the, 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 it wasn't around long enough. I know there was some talk of, of maybe tweaking some things. I know uh, in, in the United States it was hard getting. I think the hardest thing was getting stadiums, uh, fields that, that that configured to the um, to the CFL. Uh, you know, measurements. I think that was, I knew that was an issue in a lot of the stadiums. Um, and I think there was some talk of, you know, if it had gone longer, but I, I don't know if that would have held. I think uh, at the end, I think he wanted to see, like everyone uh, associated with the Stallions, wanted to see the expansion work and wanted to see this, that brand of football continue. And, and unfortunately, you know, it, it, Expansion, you know, expansion to, to you know outside the NFL in, in America has has just not worked well for whatever reason. Outside of Baltimore and in, in, in the CFL, and outside of maybe St. Louis in the XFL, um, you know, it, it's it's been a hard uh, it's been a hard sell for for whatever reason. 
It's been wildly unsuccessful, and it was in the CFL too, outside of Baltimore. Has there ever been any talk that you've heard of, like the Ravens doing anything to honor the the '95 Grey Cup champion Stallions? No, I've not heard anything. They, I know they recognize um, the Baltimore history uh, of, of the Colts. Um, you know, I know. You know, obviously they've had connections through the year to the CFL. Uh, you know, with OJ Brigance, who was a big part of that. A team worked with the team for a long time, and of course, uh, those don't know he's battled ALS for you know a good part of uh, 15 years now, um, and is still in Baltimore with his, his Brigance Brigade Foundation uh, to promote uh, research for for ALS and ALS related uh, issues. Um, but you know, it, it was a hard sell to get the book published in Baltimore because a lot of people just. Unfortunately, just weren't aware of it. You know, they, they, I had to explain to them just how how unique a story this was. I mean, it was it was like a, a, a supernova that came in burning bright and burning fast, and when it was extinguished, it was done. But it was a fun ride while it lasted. It was like a fairy tale. It came in with a poof and then just ended with a poof as well. Right after, you know? um, and, and I will I, even thirty years later, I still look back at it as some of my favorite memories in, 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 in all of. You know, my time watching sports, I think just because, you know, these guys came in and, and connected with us and they were fun to watch and they just loved being in Baltimore and we loved, you know, being the underdog. We were, you know, we were not welcomed by the NFL at the time and then people in the, many people in the CFL were like, we don't want you here either. So we were just like us against the world mentality. It was a crazy time, and and I, I agree with all of that, but I know as a young fan, it was so exciting, and I still think of that all the time. Uh, the book, The Baltimore Stallions, A Brief, Brilliant History of the CFL Champion Franchise. Ron Snyder, where should people look for your book? Um, well, you can look for it. Uh, it's published through McFarland Publishing, um, and also it's available you know, on Amazon and, and all, all the other online uh, book retailers. Fantastic. Thanks for doing this. I could talk about this stuff all day long. I don't know if the listeners would really love that so much, but uh, thanks for doing this, Ron, and uh, hopefully we'll chat about this again another time. Well, I appreciate it, and, and again, I hope you guys check out the book. It's really a, a great read. It was a labor of love uh, for me, and again, it brings back a lot of good memories, and, and I think if you enjoy sports and, and you're a football fan, you're going to enjoy the book. Very well said. Okay, and uh, that is Ron Snyder joining us from the great state of Maryland. I know you have some breaking news. We do have breaking news. Uh, the bid for Kerry Anderson to win a fifth straight Scotties gets a little harder now as her lead, Brianne Harris, cannot compete this year at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. She's being ruled as ineligible. Uh, Curling Canada made that announcement over Twitter or X, however you uh, decide to say that uh, particular application. Uh, Curling Canada made that announcement this afternoon. No word on why she's been reported as ineligible, but uh, we'll hopefully get some answers here uh, shortly. There you have it. Breaking news. You without your zinger stinger. We got to get you one of those. Got to. Yeah, I guess so. That is big news. Okay, we'll be back with more of the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM.